0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Luke 18, verses 35 to 43. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also (laughs) praised God.
1: Jesus primarily came to seek and save the lost, those who are marginalised, the poor, the, the spiritually poor, those who know they need help. And this is all wonderfully depicted in this account where Jesus heals the blind guy, Bartimaeus, in, in Luke chapter eighteen, in verses thirty five to forty three. And it all starts in verse 35. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man, we, we told in Mark's gospel that his name is Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And so Jesus and his disciples and a crowd of hang-oners are all making their way down from Galilee up in the north of Israel all the way down to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover festival. And the last stop before they hit Jerusalem is Jericho. And we're told that there was this blind man, Bartimaeus, who was sitting by the roadside begging. And I can't imagine what it must be like to be blind. I mean, imagine that for a moment. I mean, sh- shut your eyes. Okay, my eyes are shut, so I'm hoping yours are. And imagine waking up, and this is all you can see darkness. I mean, I would be completely disorientated. My whole life would be radically changed. Okay, you can open your eyes. I mean, that that would be terrifying, wouldn't it? But in those days, it was a lot worse because they they, they didn't have any social welfare support. And so Bartimaeus is unemployed. He can't get a job. The only way he can support himself is by becoming a beggar. So he's destitute. He's poor. And he's I can just imagine he's probably got this long scruffy hair and an unkept beard, he's probably got a threadbare coat, and he's dirty, and he smells. And to make matters worse, he's excluded from the temple. Because he's blind, he's excluded. He's not allowed to go and celebrate the Passover with everyone else. and it's probably a friend or a relative has taken him to the roadside and put him in the spot, and it's a, a pretty strategic spot. Uh, you've got all these religious guys coming past, going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. You couldn't get a better place or a better time to ask them for money. In verse 36, when he heard the crowd was going by, he asked, what, what's happening? You see, in that Middle Eastern culture, a village would show honor and respect to a very important guest by a crowd forming and going outside, walking some distance out of the town to greet the person on the road, and then they would escort the person back into the village. And you could tell how popular and how important the guest was by the size of the crowd and by how far they would walk out the village. It's kind of like, you know how a whole crowd would gather at an airport when the sports team comes back? If your sports team's coming home and they've just won a victory, everyone wants to go to, to the airport to welcome them and honour them. And so when Bartimaeus realizes there's this big crowd out on the street, he inquires, who's the celeb? And so they respond in verse 37, they told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and as soon as he finds out it's Jesus, we read in verse 38, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy, have compassion on me. Now, it's not surprising that he's asking Jesus for mercy, for compassion, because he's a beggar, and that's what beggars do. But what's surprising is the title he uses for Jesus, son of David. I mean, everybody else just calls Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. But he uses the title, son of David. Why why does he do that? And... Isn't Jesus the son of Joseph and Mary? So why does he call him the son of David? Well, Jesus was uh, sorry, David was Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. But more than that, David was the greatest king in Israel. And, and there were many prophecies in the Old Testament that a, a son of David, a descendant of David, would come. And would put the world to right. We would fix this broken world. And so that the title, Son of David, means Savior of the world. It, it means the Messiah. And I think we would all agree that there are some problems in the world. That the world has problems. And Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of David, the Savior of the world, who's going to come. And fix the problems. And the problem, the root cause of the problem, according to Jesus, the root cause of all the problems in the world, comes down to the sinfulness in our heart. We are selfish, we are self-centered, we are greedy. There is evil in our heart. And so Jesus is coming to rescue us and to set us free from the the sinfulness in our heart and our own brokenness. He's come to rescue, restore, heal, and ransom us and to bring wholeness. And this blind beggar perceives who Jesus really is. I mean, no one else did. Even Jesus' own disciples hadn't really perceived who Jesus was. The disciples were kind of saying, Look, Jesus, the last thing you want to do is go to Jerusalem and tell them that you are the son of David. If you do that, they will kill you. You see, the Romans are ruling, and if you claim to be a son of David, a king like David, they're going to kill you because that's what they do to want to be king." And Jesus is like, well, you know, that's kind of like why I came. I, I came to die for you. And they're like, no, 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 no. No one else perceives who Jesus really is. But this blind beggar perceives who Jesus is. And he calls out, son of David. Verse 39, those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. In fact, the Greek is quite strong. They're literally saying, shut up. I can just imagine they're probably saying, "Like, stop being such a nuisance. Can't you see Jesus is busy? You beggars just never know when enough is enough. Now just lay off. And they marginalize him. This crowd is marginalizing this poor guy How does he respond when they do that? But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Shh, shut up. He just shouts louder. <laughs> Verse 40, Jesus stopped. Why did Jesus stop? Was it because this guy was asking for compassion? Was it because he was using the title Son of David? I mean, nobody else seemed to get that. Or was it because Jesus sensed that this crowd was excluding and marginalizing this poor guy? Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. I just love that. Jesus doesn't go to this blind guy. No, no. He orders them to bring the blind guy to him. Who is he telling to go fetch the blind guy and bring him? Or the crowd, the crowd that's been marginalizing him. The crowd that had all come out of their village to welcome Jesus, receive Jesus, honor Jesus, and escort Jesus into their village. He's now ordering that crowd to go to blind Bartimaeus and receive him, welcome him, honor him, and escort him to me. Don't you just love that? The very guys who want to exclude him are now having to include him and be the ushers. Come on in. When he came near, Jesus asked him, verse 41, What what do you want me to do for you? If I was the blind guy, I'd be like, What, really? (laughs) For real? What do I want? I'd be like squinting behind my dark glasses, using my white cane to help punctuate what I was saying. What do you think I want? I'm blind. Now, it's obvious to everyone this guy's blind. I mean, it, it, G, Jesus must have known he's blind. Jesus is not going to go like, oh, so that's why you're stumbling all over the place and, and you can't get a job and you're begging. You're blind. No, Jesus knows he's blind, so he's not asking this question for information. So, so why, why does he ask this guy this question? Well, perhaps he just wants some money. But perhaps he's comfortable being a beggar. I mean, if he gets healed... Nobody's going to give him any money anymore. He's going to have to get a job. He's going to have to learn new skills, have new responsibilities, new challenges. So perhaps he's just comfortable being a beggar. And perhaps he's using this you know, son of David language as a, as a form of emotional blackmail. I mean, you know how these religious guys are like. You use some over-the-top title like son of David and you're guaranteed a couple of quid. Perhaps he just wants some money. And so Jesus wants to test and see if he has genuine faith. He wants this guy to to declare for himself, to, to make a stand, to make a decision. He wants this guy to declare his need, to declare his faith, and to declare his desire to want to live in a whole new way, a way of freedom and wholeness. So Jesus, in effect, is saying to him, do you really want this? Do you really want this or do you want to continue being the victim, sitting on the side of the street begging and having people feel sorry for you? It takes courage to turn your back on, the, on, on your past and walk forward into a whole new way. It's a lot more comfortable just staying where you are and, and what you know. It takes a lot of courage to turn your back on your past and to follow Jesus into the way of freedom and wholeness. But he, ta- he, he responds to that challenge and he, he says in verse 41 Lord, I want to see. And with that, he declares his need. He is blind. He declares his faith. I trust you. I have faith in you that you can heal. That you have compassion on me. And he declares his desire. I want this. I really want this new life of freedom and wholeness. I want to follow you. And that's faith. Verse 42, Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And then verse 43, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. Immediately he receives his sight. Imagine that. scene for the first time and the first thing you see is the face of Jesus. And it was his faith that led to this healing. Not in some kind of positive thinking way, just think of yourself as healed and you'll be healed. No, no, it was Jesus who healed him and somehow it was his faith in Jesus that allowed that to happen. And the final picture of him following Jesus and praising God. Walking down the road following Jesus and praising God is a picture of someone who has been completely restored. He's no longer at the side of the street begging. He's no longer excluded from going to temple. No, he's on the road with Jesus, going to celebrate the Passover in the temple. He's fully and completely restored. And and the The phrase follower of Jesus was a technical term for a disciple of Jesus. He was now a follower of Jesus. He was now part of the true people of God. He was in the family. And I can imagine wherever he went, he would tell people his story. I was blind. And then I met Jesus. And now I see. I was physically blind, but now I see. But I was also spiritually blind, and now I see. You see, his physical healing is a sign of a spiritual healing that we all need. Verse 43, when all the people saw it, they also praised God. The response of the crowd is significant. They also praise God. They joined with this guy, this, this man who they had excluded and marginalized. Now they join with him in praising God. They too had been healed. Healed of their prejudices and their blindness. You see, they had been blinded to the fact that that God loved those very people. They were marginalizing. And we too sometimes are blinded by our own prejudices. You see, we're all like this crowd. We all have prejudices. People that we sometimes marginalize. And those are the very people that God loves and wants us to go and welcome. Who do you marginalize? The poor, someone of a different social class, someone of a different political persuasion, someone of a different religion or religious belief. someone of a different sexual orientation. Because these are the people that God loves and God wants you to go and welcome them and lead them to Jesus. In other ways, we like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was blind and broken. We all have brokenness in our life. No one's perfect. No one's sorted. We all have issues. We all need Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Sometimes we're aware of our brokenness, but we are blinded to the true answer. We are blinded to Jesus. We're aware that there is emptiness in our life, but we we try to fill that through relationships or, or through drinking or drugs or consumerism or anything else other than Jesus. But only Jesus can bring that fullness. So what's the solution? The solution is we need faith. We need faith like Bartimaeus. We need real faith. What is real faith? Well, real faith is firstly recognizing our need. We all have brokenness in our life. Secondly, it's recognizing our Savior, that Jesus is the Son of David, the Savior of the world. And then thirdly, it's taking a risk. It's putting our confidence and our trust in Jesus And and, and that's risky. You see, uh, take note, Bartimaeus had faith before he could see. He he didn't get healed and go, oh wow, now I believe. No, No, faith precedes sight. He believed that Jesus was the son of David, but he couldn't see yet. In fact, he believed that so much, he started shouting it out, even when other people were telling him to shut up. That's faith. You see, faith comes before seeing. And when we put our faith in Jesus, it's, it's, it's risky. We don't have all the answers. We don't know all the details. We don't have any certainty regarding the future or God's plans or purposes for us. but we put our trust in Jesus and we step out in faith and then we slowly start to see. I hope this story of Bartimaeus connects with your story. That your story would be, I was blind and then I met Jesus. I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the details. And it seems risky. But I've chosen to step out in faith. I've chosen to turn my back on, on my old way of living. I've I'm, I'm, I'm turned my back on bad habits. And I've, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus' way of living. And slowly I'm starting to see more clearly. I'm starting to see the face of Jesus. I pray and I hope that this is your story. Because we all are blind. We all have brokenness in our life. And Jesus comes to us. Jesus comes to us today. Today Jesus is saying, What can I do for you? Will you have the courage, the faith, to say, Jesus, I want you to see. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just confess that so often we are blinded to our prejudices, we are blinded to our flaws, We are blinded to our brokenness. But more than that, we confess that so often we are blinded to you and we are blinded to the answer. Father, we pray just as you healed Bartimaeus, you would bring healing to us. Father, won't you open our eyes so we can see you to see your goodness, your compassion, and your love. And we confess that it's feeling so risky. We feel so comfortable in our old way of living. Feel safe. Father, help us to take the risk. Help us to have the courage to step out in faith and trust you, knowing that you are good and that you will lead us. So, Father, we pray now that you, by your Holy Spirit, could come into our lives afresh and lead us forward and open our eyes. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for watching. For more information, please visit our website, AbgaveniBaptist.co.uk.